Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, as always, and welcome to the podcast. Now, before we even get started, we want to pay homage to our sponsor again, because without the generosity of all of you out there that that purchase our courses and purchase our swag on Electrician Pride, oh, by the way, is our sponsor for this episode, and the donations that come in for the little flashlights, the little screwdrivers, all those things help us offset, uh, and of course, the courses, again, help support the program. But we want to pay homage to our um, sponsors, so we're going to run that beautiful bean footage. Today's show is sponsored by electricianpride.com, your one-stop shop for electrician-specific t-shirts, hoodies, phone cases, mugs, die-cut stickers, leggings, and so much more. Featuring unique designs for electricians, journeymen, and master electricians, as well as electrical engineers and electrical inspectors. For more information on all the products that are available, visit us at www.electricianpride.com today. All right, so again, if you want all those goodies, t-shirts, got some neat Tesla uh, designs over there uh, as well that you can check out. So, um, And so today's episode, we're going to talk about multifamily dwellings, and we're going to talk about three or more dwelling units which are making up what we would call a multifamily dwelling, not a one and two family. Not a single family, but a multifamily. And a multifamily is made up of individual dwelling units. Okay? So we have one family, two family, multifamily, all of which are made up of individual dwelling units. Okay? And of course, to be a dwelling unit, you've got to meet the Article 100 definition, cooking, sleeping, sanitation, and living, all those kind of goodies that are rolled into one that would qualify as a dwelling unit. So we'll assume that that's established. And we want to know how can we use this optional method in lieu of a traditional uh, method using the Part 3 calculation. Um, And they're very similar, except for the Part 3, you have so many steps that you have to go through. You're very similar in the optional method. Uh, And when you're doing the multifamily under 220.84, it is very similar to what you would do uh, when you're doing calculations under 220.82. Uh, only real difference is that you don't have the 40% uh, demand factor, you know, the where you deal with the first 10,000 at 100% and the remainder at 40, and then you've got a B and a C because where you get into the heating and AC and general, very similar, and you could do each individual unit and calculate their units up for those feeders that are going to the individual units. Uh, but when we're talking about the overall service, or a feeder that is supporting all these units, I want to be able to have a calculation that allows me to do the overall demand factor for a service. That's basically, more often than not, what we're trying to achieve with a optional method for a multifamily dwelling under 220.84. And so we have three or more dwelling units. And so it's a very similar uh, aspect to it, but different in its approach. Now, the other way that I do this is we could literally go through in this optional method here, literally go through each unit, but in this allowance, you're going to see that in 220.84C, which is the calculated loads, the process is very similar. The only difference, again, is we we don't deal in that, that 
100, that, that first 10,000 at 100 and the remainder at 40. We, we don't do that here, okay? We get to do this just a little different when we're doing this, okay? So I'm going to walk you through it so that you can see how it is different than 220.82 uh, versus how it is different here under 220.84, okay? All right, so first things first, we need to just establish what's in the code. And so let's read it first so we can kind of know what gives us the permission to be able to use this optional method. It says under 220.84a, which is title, feeder, or service loads, it says it shall be permissible to calculate the load of a feeder or service that supplies three or more dwelling units of a multifamily dwelling in accordance with table 220.84 instead of part three of this article if all the following conditions are met. Okay, so first thing we notice right up front is we're doing this for a service. What about the feeder? Well, notice it says the feeder that supplies three or more. So we could have a situation where you have a, a main disconnect and it continues on downstream and you have what's called tenant side metering. So you have a you have a feeder at this point, but it ends up breaking into separate meters and then each tenant has their own you know disconnect and everything like that, but that feeder would be seeing the load of three or more as well. So again, sizing the loads optionally wise, it was good for the service, should be good for that feeder. Now we're not talking about the individual feeders that are going out to the individual units, okay? That's typically not what we would do. Now that what we would probably stick with 220.82 for that, for the dwelling unit calculation. Okay. All right. So, but we'll, we'll look at it in more detail here. Now it says it shall be permissible to calculate the load of the feeder or service that supplies three or more dwelling units of a multifamily dwelling in accordance with table 220.84 instead of part three should have maybe said in lieu of, but that's what we used to say. Uh, instead of part three of this article, if all the following conditions are met. So we have three conditions in order to be able to even use 220.84. Okay, so we need to see what those are. Number one, no dwelling unit is supplied by more than one feeder. Okay, so if you only have one feeder going to it, then you'll have your panel, obviously, in your individual dwelling unit with all your branch circuits coming out of it and whatnot. So again, only one feeder per building. Number two, each dwelling unit is equipped with electric cooking equipment. Okay, so there's an exception here, but let's explain this. There's diversity with electrical loads, and to use this optional method, it's banking on that diversity. And so it's saying if all of the dwelling units have electric cooking equipment in it, like range, cooktop, whatnot, then I can use this optional method. Now, on the surface, you think, well, what if I have a building that has gas ranges or gas cooking equipment? Then I can't use this optional method. For sizing the overall service, let's say, because we'll, we'll stick with service to make it simple. Um, on the surface, that's correct. However, there is an exception. And the exception says, look, if you do the calculation using the standard method for this building, this multifamily building, and then you do this optional method and you compare the two, but when you're doing the optional method, act like you've got an 8KW range in every unit, okay? Even though you don't, Act like you do. Just 
Just humor me is what the code is saying. Just act like you do. And now compare the standard calculation with no electric range to an optional method with a fictitious 8KW electric range and then compare the two. And if you do your calculation using 220.84 with the fictitious range versus the standard method, which had no electric range or electric cooking, whatever one ends up being the lesser, you can go with. And that's fine. So while it tells you you can't use the optional uh, unless you have electric cooking equipment, you can, but you have to do the calculation as if you did have electric cooking equipment. And you only have to use the 8KW. So it's basically a fictitious 8KW in every unit. And then compare the value. Just go on and work your optional method as normal, even though you argue and say, wait a minute, I've got a gas range. Just forget it. Just pretend like it's an 8KW in there. And do your math as normal. If the value that you end with is, is less than what it would have been doing the standard part three calculation without the electric uh, cooking equipment, then you can go on and still use the optional because it ends up being less. So you have to compare the two. Now, if you have electric cooking in there, then you know, then you don't even need to do this. You, you already meet item number two, and you can move on to number three. Okay, but again, it's it's important that you understand the exception. Okay, now number three says each dwelling unit is equipped with either electric space heating or air conditioning or both. Now, I don't know any that are not going to be equipped with air conditioning. I'm just saying. Um, so anyway. So it's got, you know, so it's probably moot here, but I mean, okay, so they can have either electric space heating or air conditioning, or they could have both, okay? And it says, feeders and service conductors whose calculated load is determined by this optional method. And of course, you've heard me say in other uh, podcasts, calculated means after we come up with the final load based on what's in this table, 220.84, okay? It says, Feeders and service conductors whose calculated load is determined by this optional calculation shall be permitted to have their neutral load determined by 220.61. And if you go to 220.61, that is just, it's in part three, so we have to give you permission to go back there. But you get to use all the rules that are in 220.61 for sizing the neutral. And it's basically giving you direction where to go because, as you know by now, you don't have neutral sizing rules in optional methods. You have to use the standard methods in order to achieve this goal. Okay? All right. Now, let's go to the next topic. We say, assume we meet these three things. Okay? And we can use this optional method in lieu of or instead of, they say in this one. They don't, I guess they didn't like the word in lieu of. Instead of part three. So I meet all these rules. I check all the boxes. Now, what if I have house loads? Now, I might have common outside lighting, um, you know, for egress uh, or things like that. Well, the house loads are treated differently, okay? And it states it right here in 220.84b. It says, house loads shall be calculated in accordance with part three of this article and shall be in addition to the dwelling unit load calculation in accordance with table 220.84. So remember, uh, for designers... If you're going to use this optional method, you can't use this optional method when it comes to the house loads. Uh, and that might be uh, a multitude of things. It might be 
um, exterior lighting, parking lot lighting, things like that, if there is parking lot lighting, all of those things that are associated with house loads. Uh, and I usually tell people if they're paid for by the ownership of the, of the building uh, on their own separate meter, that is our house loads. And you're going to calculate those separately using part three, which is just your standard method. Now, of course, you're going to add that value to your overall total for your uh, optional method. But again, those are not to be utilized in the uh, optional method. So take those totally out. Don't even ask me the questions like, well, how do I incorporate house loads? You don't. You, you treat those totally separate as if they were standard. In most cases, the house load's not going to be that much anyway. But just so you know, this reminds you in 220.84b, treat it totally separate. Okay? Uh, the next thing you'll look at is you'll see that there's a table, and we're not going to use that table just yet. We're going to go down to 220.84c. Now, this is talking about calculating the loads. And we need to do this in order to determine how we apply the demand factors that are in the table 220.84. And so let's read it. Now, this is where it gets pretty simple because unlike what you do in 220.82, whereas the first 10,000 at 100% and the remainder at 40 and 80, this is pretty cut and dry. And this is the easiest way to do this is just no matter how many units you have, do whatever the values you come up in VA times the number of units, okay, or the number of appliances or whatnot. So I'll kind of walk you through this. In our example, and we won't do the overall math because we just want to kind of talk about generalities. We're going to do, let's say we have a a six-unit, okay, a six-unit multifamily building. It's got six units in it, okay? There's five items here. One, two, three, four, five. Pretty cut and dry, folks. I'm telling you. First things first. It's a multifamily dwelling. So it says three VA per square foot for general lighting and general use receptacles. Okay. So again, what you do under 220.84C1, it's three times the square foot outside dimensions of the building. Okay. Um, Of each unit. Okay. Individually. Do one unit. And then it's times the number of units. So in our case, let's just say, just for craps and giggles, let's say it's a 1,500 square foot unit. So we would do three times 1,500 times, and we said we had six units, right? Times six. So that's all you do. So again, three times 1,500 times six is what? 27,000. Do it again. Three times 1,500 times 6, 27,000. Now, what was it per each unit? Just so you know, it's 3 times 1,500 square feet, so that's 4,500. So you could do it that way. Once you get 4,500, then you do that times 6, it's 27,000. But for us, we want to have a value when we work through the steps. So the general lighting and receptacle loads are... 27,000, okay? So that's kind of where you would start. Now, the next thing logically is we're going to have the small appliance brand circuits. Now, here's something interesting. The concept is pretty much the same as the standard methods, okay? It's it's a little different, but it's the same mentality approach. At least for the first three steps, they're going to be very similar. Now, once you get past that to the appliances, it changes, but the the steps are pretty, pretty similar, right? So in this case, um, 
The next step, we've, we've got our general lighting and general use receptacles. That was 27,000, for example. Now, it says number two, it says 1,500 VA for each two-wire, 20-amp small appliance brand circuit and each laundry brand circuit covered in 210.11C1 and C2. All right, so in, in our case, we know that your code requires a minimum of two small appliance brand circuits based on the general rules in 210 for each one of these dwelling units. So we know we got six units, but we have to do 1,500 times two times how many? Six units. And that is 18,000. So that would be my VA for the small appliances for all these units. Now you're going to say, how is that true? How do we check that? Well, if each unit has to have at least two small appliance brand circuits, and they're 1,500 each, that means each unit has 3,000 VA of small appliance brand circuits. Times how many units? Six of them. That's where we get to 18,000. So you write that down. So what we're doing is we're kind of doing all the units in a bulk application. Okay? Now, you got the laundry circuit. Same concept. The laundry circuit in 210.11C2, it's 1,500 VA. And times, and you have a minimum of one. So times one. Times how many units? Six units. Every unit is identical in this scenario. So 1,500 times 1 equals 1,500, obviously, times 6 is 9,000. So it's 9,000 VA, and that is the first three steps to get your general lighting and receptacle loads, your small appliance brand circuit loads, and your laundry brand circuit loads, okay? And you literally just write those down. Now, after that, it gets... A little bit different, okay? Because after that, you start taking all of the appliances, your hot water heater, your dishwasher, your disposal, your clothes dryers, your range, your microwave ovens, okay? And we're not dealing in heating and cooling. We're just dealing in all those appliances and motors that are associated with 220.84C3 and 4, okay? So we're going we're gonna to kind of lump 3 and 4 together. So what does it say? Number 3, it says... The nameplate rating of the following. All appliances that are fastened in place, permanently connected, or located to be on a specific circuit. Okay? And that's example of like a microwave. Specific circuit. Ranges, wall-mounted ovens, counter-mounted cooking units, clothes dryers uh, that are not connected to the laundry brand circuit specified in item number two. Okay? So, again... Closed dryers typically wouldn't, but sometimes you have a combo unit that is designed, small style, that is designed to plug into the laundry circuit, so you wouldn't have to add that here. But most of the time, they're separated, 30 amp. And so, again, if you do have a closed dryer, okay, then you're going to take that nameplate value, as it says here, and then, of course, your water heaters. Okay? So you have an item three, and it has a subdivision of A, B, C, and D. And you just literally... Take all those values. Now, how do you apply them to this? Because this is a multifamily dwelling. Well, we said there were six units. So basically, every unit's the same. So you take the value in VA from the nameplates, okay? And then if you don't know how to do that, okay, then it's simply the volts times the amps, okay? And that's going to give you a VA. You simply take that and you do it times the number, you know, six units is going to be six water heaters. Six units going to six dry dishwashers. Six units going to have six disposals. Six units going to have six clothes dryers, potentially. Six ranges. You know, you see what I'm saying? 
So you just basically, if I just give you an example of one, let's say we have a water heater that's 4,500 watts, which is synonymous with VA, okay, for these calculations. So it'd be 4,500 times 6, 2,700. And that would be the value of the water heater loads. And you do the next the same way for the dishwasher, the next the disposal, the next for the clothes, right? You just keep on going down the list, okay? Now, the next one is item four, which says the nameplate amperes or KVA ratings of all permanently connected motors not included in item three. So we don't want any motors that are associated with anything in item three. These are separate type of things that might come into play separate motors uh, for whatever it might be. Let's say maybe you have some attic fans and the attic fans have motors. Okay. So you, you're going to encompass that value in there. Okay. In order to come up with a total load is what we're coming up. We're trying to deter- determine our loads that are going to be associated in our calculation. Okay. Then item number five, which again is basically something we're very familiar with. It is the larger of the air conditioning load or the fixed electric space heating load. So you're going to compare the two, and you're going to determine which one is the larger. Now remember, if, you're, if you have things like uh, heat, your electric heating that's actually going to use the air handler, then you need to include any motors that will also be associated with the, the air handler. Okay? Um, so just remember that. Um, when you're dealing with heat pumps, You want to include the compressor and the maximum amount of electric heat that can be energized while that compressor is running, okay? So, again, just remember that. But for most purposes, uh, for me and you, you're just going to compare the heat versus the AC, and, again, you take the larger of the two, okay? And you throw that into the equation. Now, once you do that, it's pretty darn simple, folks. You just add up all of your VA values, okay? And then you're thinking, okay, I'm adding up all of my VA. Oh, and also I should remind you, when you're doing AC versus heat, remember you still have six units. So even though you're calculating it for one, comparing the heat versus AC, you take that value, then you multiply it by the six units, and that gives you your total VA. So you literally add all them up, okay? Add them all up. And you put the value down. And you multiply that VA by the demand factor that's in table 220.84. It's pretty simple. So if I have six units and I take that total demand, that total calculated load, or I should say total connected load, um, if we take that total load value and then notice that six to seven, it's 44%. So I can take my total value, okay, and I can multiply it. Right? Well, actually, you take that total value and you do it by 44%. All right? And that's going to give you your VA. Now, the next step you got to remember what if you have house loads? If you have house loads, this is the time that you now add your house loads in. But those are based on the standard method. You follow the rules for the standard method. Probably not going to be a large amount of load, but. It could be an additional 100 amps. So you want to you wanna make, make sure, or it could be an additional, I shouldn't say 100 amps, it could be an additional uh, 100 VA or 250 VA or 500 VA or whatever it may be, you need to add that in, okay? So we want to know what that, that value is, is what you're going to add in, all right? So 
one thing I tell people at, at this point is that you take the VA value from all of the all of the loads that you did, multiplying it by your demand factors. Then you take the VA for the house loads using the standard method, part three. Okay, you add those two together. All right, and remember, house is done differently. Once you add those two together, then you divide them by the voltage value. If it's a one twenty two forty volt building, then it's whatever that value is when you add the the calculated load that you got from all of the VAs from all the steps you just did, plus you add the VA from the house load, which you used part three to calculate. You didn't use the optional method for that. You add them together, and you take that VA value, and you multiply it by whatever the voltage is you're working with. If it's a 120, 240-volt system, you do it by 240. If it's a 208 three-phase, then you do it by 360. If it's a 480-volt, then you do it by 831. You, you get me? Okay, and, and if you ask me how you get those values, then you just simply take 280, 208, excuse me, times 1.732, and that's where you get the 360. If you want to be precise, you can do it out to the three decimal points after the point and whatever, and it's still not going to make that much of a difference. So that's how you do it in order to be able to achieve that. Okay, now I'll remind you there is not an optional method for sizing the neutral. Okay. There is not. You cannot do it. You cannot achieve it that way. But you can calculate it out. And it's not overly complicated at all. All you have to remember is the loads that you're dealing with. You're only going to take into consideration the neutral loads. Okay? And we're not going to go into the neutral sizing in this episode because I don't want it to be overly long. But again, uh, it's it's pretty simple process to go through, and maybe we'll do that in another episode if you want to figure out how to size the neutral load uh, for that type of thing. Now, I will would be remiss if I did not say sizing the optional method for each individual dwelling unit, you're going to use 220.82 to do that. What we did was we sized the actual ability for the entire multifamily structure using the optional method in 220.84. If you want, and people send me enough emails, I will do another podcast on optional calculations for each individual dwelling unit so you can size the feeders that are going out to each individual unit if you feel that that is beneficial to you. Anyway, hopefully you got something out of this uh, episode and kind of broke it down when you can and when you can't use 220.84. On an exam, it should always be an option anytime they give you a question that has three or more dwelling units because this is what they're trying to target. They're trying to see if you understand how to use this method. Now, on an exam, they'll say not not considering optional methods or standard methods. It will tell you. So just read your questions. Make sure. Now, if optional methods are open game, then truly learn how to use 220.84 it is going to result in most cases in a smaller service that is yet still adequate to actually handle the load. Okay? So next time, folks, stay safe. God bless.